0: You're on the way to the
1: venue and you're wondering, where should I park? Or should
2: I bring my coat with me?
1: Or how well do I have to stash my things I want to bring into the venue? Can I bring this backpack in with me? Where should I put my vape pit? Are they going to allow water bottles in here? (laughs) If you know that stuff
0: or you want to find out about that stuff, you can go to VenueLama.com. What's VenueLama, you may ask? Well, I'm going to tell you, VenueLama.com is where live music fans share helpful insider venue reviews and information based on their own experiences. A place where pro show growers can quickly review venues and exchange seriously helpful venue intel with one another. Yeah, Head over to VenueLlama.com today and sign up for your free llama account and start reviewing venues today. Review venues in the llama base, upload photos in the llama gallery, and add your favorite scene friendly businesses, websites, or podcasts to the friends page. All llamas registered by July 4th are eligible to win free tickets and Venue Llama gear. We we got summer tour for Dead & Company and Fish and Widespread Panic and Billy Strings and Goose and Ween and Green Sky Bluegrass. All of it's happening right now. Oh, go to VenueLama.com so that you know what the hell's going on when you get to the venue. And if you already know what's going on at those venues, go to VenueLama.com and tell everybody else so that we're all in the know and we're all hipped up. Go to VenueLama.com.
1: Shop Tour Bus. Yes. Isn't it old school? Love that. Yeah. That is one of our awesome sponsors. Awesome. And if you don't know about them, you're about to know about them. because. Like we always say, you don't want to wear that dirty old shirt and everything. Maybe you, you do. do. I like to wear my old dirty shoes, shri- shri- <laughs> shri- shirt? <laughs> shoes, shirts. Wow, dude! Yeah. Right on. No, we're gonna keep. I Okay, right. on you're just gonna keep Let's rolling keep going. with that. Keep going. You yeah. like to
2: wear his dirty shop shoes. I, I started. <laughs> la- I started
1: laughing when I said that because I remembered I do. But if you want new gear, go over there and see these cryptic, cool designs they have that are made from <laughs> lyrics of Grateful Dead songs. Oh
0: yeah. And they come in a all over print box with all kinds of extras on the inside. And some of you are going to get an actual real life dyed in the wool Verified, bonafide, Grateful Dead cassette tape bootleg. 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 Order. bootleg. yeah, bootleg. Not only are you gonna get the shirt, sticker, hat, pin, or whatever that you ordered in a rad box, but it could come with a Grateful Dead cassette tape in there that's been traded around the Grateful Dead family for like five thousand years,
1: and then a bunch of cool Dang. trinkets, toys, candy, gum. You don't know what you're gonna get. You're it's also a, it's a box of fun.
2: Gonna get a good feeling of supporting your Grateful Dead family. Not the big corporations that mass produce, but the perfectly soft t-shirt with the Grateful Dead inspired lyric and that gorgeous box coming straight to you for free shipping when you put in the promo code NO SIMPLE ROAD. So
0: go to shoptourbus.com or at shoptourbus on Instagram to see what the hell we're talking about and when you check out. Remember to put in the promo code NO SIMPLE ROAD, all one word, so you can get your free shipping and you get your new stuff and it has a Grateful Dead lyric, told and picture on it, and then all the stuff in the cassette tape and all the shoptourbus.com.
1: You're gonna be happy. I'm hungry. We all know
0: that (laughs) Apple's hungry, but we also all know that the Grateful Dead family does stuff beautifully. They make beautiful music. We make amazing grilled cheese. We make (laughs) awesome art. We make veggie burritos that are badass. And you know what else we do? What? We have a business in Portland and Denver called Fire on the Mountain, owned by the Grateful Dead family, that has the best chicken wings, pizza, Mm. burgers, salads, brew their own beer, and it's made with love and intention by our family for you.
2: And when you go into any of their locations, you are going to find a beautifully, comfortably decorated space that you can even rent out for birthday parties, meetings, or just to go kick it with your daughter on a random Wednesday evening.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, everything is so freaking serious nowadays. It's nice to take a break, fall out for a while, go get some food, somewhere chill, made by your fam, it's delicious. Grab yourself a beer, a nice salad. And I got one thing to what? say, what?
1: save room for dessert or you're going to regret it because they have the best desserts anywhere.
0: And if you're not in Portland or Denver, don't feel bad. You can go to PortlandWings.com, hook yourself up with some dope ass Fire on the Mountain gear. Get yourself some of their sauces because they'll ship them all over the country and then you won't feel left out. So go to Fire on the Mountain, everybody. It's the Grateful Dead family, hooking it up, cooking it up for. time when we start recording I'm going to say hey now No Simple Road Family this is Aaron this, this is Apple and this <laughs> is Mel and I'm going to see all of our um, what is it what are those called wave, our wavelengths, wavelengths our going? Cause frequency we went like I don't know 15 minutes in and
1: Apple's we, mic we were wasn't three, on three quarters of the way through the intro and then I noticed my wave because sometimes it's fun to look at them
2: well you know what how we never even mentioned the fact that it is Apple's birthday Eve right now now. as we're recording this. And when you hear this episode, it will be Apple's birthday. So if everybody can just stop for one moment and say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Apple. Let's hear it for Apple. Happy birthday. One year older. One year wiser.
0: Apple is 50... 54. 54 Brother, did did you ever think when we were like, I
1: don't know, 19 no i never thought when i was 19 uh, no I, was know. Far I know that role. but th- there's more to the question
0: <laughs> Oh, did you ever think that we would be this old together
1: no we didn't think of things like that no, man right when we were 19 and we you were 17 we weren't thinking about the next day
0: Mm-mm. we're thinking about the next line
1: yeah there was no plans for the next day yeah
0: so congratulations yeah, on making way. it to 54 man yeah. Apple, hey, I'm glad you.
2: to, I'm sad that you were feeling blue, but I totally get it. You know, I, I understand like just a little melancholy, not even anything to be melancholy about. You have your health now, you know, it's gorgeous outside and the simple roads doing great. You've got a lot of people that love you, but sometimes you just have all that and you still feel a little.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah sometimes you can't control your mood. I. She's talking about yesterday. I just kind of got that. Like, at this age when you you're said your, it this morning too when you're in your fit when when you get to be 50 you like it, it's like i don't know a lot of people do that your whole life but it's like i don't i don't care i don't need any attention I'm, you don't birthday like birthday attention, attention. 50, <laughs> but everybody does you know in a way and it, it just come on you got,
2: you got that cute balloon yeah, upstairs yeah, y- yester-
1: yeah yesterday yesterday was super cute and sweet and uh i, I was just Kind of birthday blues. but well, happy pre-birthday, brother. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And and to celebrate your the end of your birthday month and your birthday day, we are going to give you the gift of having Marcel Ardanz as our guest on No Simple Ooh, Road this
2: week. Welcome Ooh. to right. No Simple Road, and well, the, Marcel. If,
0: if you're asking yourself, who is Marcel Ardanz? And then I'm going to go, do you know the YouTube channel, Lessons with Marcel? And then you're going to go, oh, yeah, that. And I'm going to go, that's aren't Marcel Ardennes. Right?
1: One, yeah. When I liked it, it makes sense. It, this is like a present to me because I w I was absent on this one. It was two days after my surgery. And, uh, so I have not heard this. So tomorrow I get a little surprise or today as I'm listening to this, <laughs> you get a little, surprised. I get a little surprised because I missed this one. I'm sorry. I missed you, Marcel, Aaron and Melanie speak very
2: highly of you. Oh yeah. yeah. It was a great a- interview. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us and thank you for, you know, like being so kick ass and like adversity was like, later.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's how it feels like the whole conversation. You were just
2: like, yeah. Sorry. yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Look, if you're wondering like why, if I'm not a musician or guitar player, why would I want to go to a YouTube channel that teaches music lessons. It's a lot more than that. This is like a
2: history, a
0: history lesson, inspirational. Yep. It's an online school where you can learn about like the history of bluegrass and some blues. And look, if you're a fan of Billy strings, green sky, bluegrass, kitchen dwellers, leftover salmon, like all that. If you have a little bit of education, when you go to the show, you're going to be watching it in a completely different way. And that's invaluable. And somebody like Marcel breaks this down, all this stuff down for us in such an approachable, like cool, easy to understand way. And for me, like, and I even said this to him when we had our interview, like for me, learning guitar was a very anxious thing. Like I, I, I wanted to be better and I wanted to be better fast. And it was, I was just anxious about learning and it was hard And especially like bluegrass and flat flat picking like approaching that was another level of difficulty and finding lessons with Marcel on YouTube was like this like oh I was like holy shit somebody that's like calm and smart and knows how to teach is teaching flat picking and bluegrass and the history of all of it and like in this one package I'm in all the way and like a lot of quarantine was spent. When I should have been working, watching Marcel videos, so better be careful what you say. Hey, Paul. you know what? It's fine. I don't care anymore, and uh, that's you, that.
2: You haven't cared for a long time. Uh, that's true. <laughs> so you know what? Go
0: go over to YouTube and type in "lessons with Marcel," and you will find a cornucopia of informational, instructional, and a really really cool videos with our guest this week at the helm of this community.
2: And I hope that it is, this is the first time that we have you and not the last time. Cause he was planning on a project um, in the future. Do you remember his science fiction? Mm-hmm. So that is, we'll, you'll hear about that in this episode as well. Yep.
0: And uh, I just want to say thank you, Marcel, for spending time with us. And I know that everybody out there is going to dig this and we're going to get you to the interview here. We're going to do the business. are doing road. the business. So follow No Simple Road at No Simple Road on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Go to www.nosimpleroad.com and you can get a tarot reading. Or check
1: out the merch.
0: Get merch. You could sign up for a newsletter. You can check out our calendar of events.
2: You can even sign up for Patreon where it is popping over there. Our producer Corey has revamped, updated, and put a breathe a little new life into our Patreon. So you can go over there. That's right, he resuscitated it. <laughs> it was dying. Uh, you can go over there and you can talk to slash, uh, you know, message other Patreon members. You can go on there, see what we're up to. You can listen to our side roads episodes. Do that you, do,
0: there's there's polls up there, so you can yeah. you can sure. know the answer to these these. Pressing questions: Crunchy or hard tacos? Out of me, per- Mel, Apple, and Darwin, who does most of the listeners want to be for one day?
1: <laughs> Jokes of the week, yeah. The, all- and the side road, the side roads. There's been quite a few of them now. Some listeners, all of us here. Simon Riders is the latest one out. If you want to hear Riders, what's, what's
0: Side Roads, Apple? Um,
1: side Roads is a side project on Patreon where Corey interviews. Us, the hosts, family members, other listeners, and then beyond that, there's also other interviews done on, uh, what's that called? Damn it, blank. What? The other interviews, the Grateful Brothers, the...
0: I don't know what you're saying, dude. Hi. Huh? They're all on side roads.
1: It is. all That's side roads, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little screwy today, man. Wow, dude. Getting, your birthday i messing tell you. I had a heavy conversation with my mom today, too. Oh, no. Okay. Let's, yeah, moving anyway, on. I'm kind of brain dead. But anyway, all that's on there. I was going to say Riders is the latest side road up. And if you want to hear all about self-care, Siegfried and Roy and him slapping his uncle, who is Aaron, in the back, <laughs> go check that out because I know it's going to be entertaining. I,
0: I can't even get this out if you want to hear an in-depth interview with mel's mom okay sign up for patreon
2: I mean, we did. We had mom on the show yeah, on, on a recent Monday.
1: That was not Corey no. doing an. No, it, it was. It was. It was very different. Yeah. uh Susie. Yes. then uh, I. She I wanted heard. me to
2: stay wa- when we got her all set up with Corey on the Zoom call. She was like, "Come here, Flakasteria." I was like, "No, this is not. You're for on me, your own. Yet. Yeah, yeah. You're on yeah own, I'm going to listen
1: to this later, and then the other stuff may come out. Okay.
0: And then. That is the whole Patreon thing. So check this out. We have 971-808-1524. The tepid line. The tepid line. That is where you, the No Simple Road family, can call in and do like um, this right here.
2: Let's see. Be like Abigail.
3: Howdy ho, No Simple Road. This is Abigail calling. I was calling to give in a book review for- Nope. Lost and Found in the 60s by Paul Justison, who you had on the show. I'm a big reader, so I went to my local bookstore, had him order in the book, picked it up, finished it in about two days. Great book for people who aren't readers, an easy read, grabs your attention right away. Super intriguing, makes you laugh, makes you cry, which to me is a sign of any great book. So highly recommend it to you if you're a reader or not think if you're ahead and you listen to this show, you'll love this book. Love my NSR family and hope to see you guys sometime down the road. Love you, Abigail. Abigail, Abigail. we hope to see
2: you and Eugene for those cheese shows. Oh, shit. Bend, possibly.
0: And here. And, and here. And Portland. We, got, we had another one. Um, let's go for it. see what happens.
3: Hi, No Simple Family, uh, Aaron, Mel, Apple, and all of the listeners out there. Uh, first off, I love you guys. I love the show. I am um, David. I have called Aww. before and up, David? Uh, compared you guys to the Grateful Dead. We remember. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah,
1: you don't forget that.
3: <laughs> I just wanted to say that, that I've been listening to the show and it's, uh, uh, I've really been trying to do that favor for you guys and write a mm-hmm. review or, um, you know, write something for the show about the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one for not finding the right words, but for some reason uh, I just can't find the words to express exactly how your show makes me feel. You're doing um, it right now, brother. And maybe I shouldn't say your show. I should say our show. So that's that's it's all, right. All that's about what it's all about. Um, and then, uh, episodes you've had recently have just been wow. Uh, you know, I, it makes me want to cry uh, because you're so honest, Aaron, about your past. Um, I I don't know. Uh, it's just fabulous. And also, I wanted to touch base with you and let you know that I have been telling everyone I know about No Simple Road. Hell yeah. Um, somebody today told me that they had listened to a Monday Weekly Rewind, uh, because those are the episodes that I really I really like and I really share with people. And um, she said she listened to one with Mel talking about her mom and really, really enjoyed it. She really felt exactly mm-hmm. what I was telling her about the show, about that connection, the the fact that you guys have conversations and not interviews. Um, wow! I I don't know what to say. Uh, just I love you guys. Please, please keep doing the show because don't worry, it we ain't stopping. is like family. It's like sitting in, in a conversation even though I can't speak to you guys. I find myself yelling at the radio or <laughs> laughing at the radio or agreeing, imagine, nodding my head vigorously with what's being said. Um, It is family, Uh, and I'm sure I will call again. Yes. Thank you for doing what you guys do. Thank Um, you for
0: being part of it,
3: man. It really is phenomenal, and I hope that Aaron is finally over worrying about if people get it. We we get it, dude. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Love, well wishes, and I hope you guys get some more energy soon. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait. Stand by. Another? There's more.
3: Hi, Aaron Apple. Mel. Oh. this is David from the Bay Area calling again. Um, love it. I just wanted to let you guys know that the love that you guys are putting out there is freaking amazing. Um, and I say that because I have been telling everyone that I see or know about No Hell Simple yeah. Road. And just within this week, two of the people that I have told have listened to the show. And uh, today I actually got goosebumps when the person told me because they said that they really needed to hear what you were putting down. Mm. Uh, She had listened to the Mother's Day episode Mm. and said that she really, really needed it because she and her daughter, her oldest child, uh, are also going through a tumultuous time and uh, and need to work through their shit. So I just want to let you guys know Again, that you are touching lives Mm -hmm. left and right, uh, and the love and respect. um, I'm awed, really. (laughs) Um, Damn, dude. And I love you guys. And please keep doing the show uh, because you're, you're touching people, and we love you. Wow. Wow. David
2: you do know what to say. You said in the (laughs) Uh I don't know what to say. You said a hell of a lot that really rings our bell. Thank you so much for I think Aaron has stopped worrying and and realized that people have gotten (laughs) it. So you can rest your We get it. (laughs) Yeah, rest your soul on that one. And then to your friend that, you know, listened to the show and, and got anything out of what I was sharing about my uh, you know, relationship with my mom thank you i mean it was it was raw while it was happening you know my mom was here for 3 weeks and so it was kind of hard to talk about something different <laughs> during that time cuz it was all encompassing for me and and we didn't really go to too many shows or anything so i'm glad that your friend um and her daughter uh maybe even just by listening has a little bit more understanding for each other whatever it is you know i'm glad that you, to help
1: and David, that's, that's the highest praise right there. Like we always say, just telling people when you feel so good about something, you can't wait to tell people you love about it Yeah, because you'll know that they love it. That, that's amazing, man. Thank you so much, brother.
0: Yeah. And I have to say that like, even when everything's going great, there's times when uh, I doubt what we're doing. Yes. And like, me too. Even, even yesterday, Apple and I were, upstairs and i was like dude i'm just feeling kind of blue today like you know we've been doing the show six years and like it's it's not supporting the three of us yet it's been a long time and it's just hard and and then i hear something like that yeah and i'm like fuck
1: how dare i Uh, the last (laughs) one i realized too that it's (laughs) not financial support, but it is supporting us and a whole community.
2: we were, I just came back from, you know, Audrey's house with Tiffany. And while we were making signs for Mojo family fest, and they were talking about another work day that they were going to have out there. And this is the kind of stuff, um, David, that is happening behind the scenes that we get to talk about on the air And how blessed we are. And even though, Aaron, we haven't um, had enough to pay our mortgage or or to support all of us, we made zero dollars with the show. And now we don't. And that's a big deal. And it's, you know, it's more than just a a few shekels. I mean, yeah, we've got a long way to go, but this is the funnest road I've ever been on to do something. And so if we're going to make any, you know, real financial changes um, due to the show, I am down to go brick by brick because it's worth it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And hearing messages like that is just the universe talking through yeah. David Does so all the thanks, emotional support in thanks the for world being available for that David and and we hear you brother and thank you and don't, thanks don't for not in we ain't going nowhere anytime soon man that is the tepid line that's
2: exactly. how you do it
1: everybody let's hear it for David David Yay, David David. I, I love how the first one he says, I may call back. And then you're the next he one calling back. Do you call, back, dude. call well, back whenever you want? Yeah. Can't wait to meet you in person. Don't someday. be scared
2: of calling back the tepid line. You can be a regular caller of the tepid yeah, line. I mean,
1: I, we named it the John B line for a while. For, yeah. John B was calling. John B,
2: the you still, you know, that's like the AKA tepid line is AKA John B line.
1: He's got his own special parking spot, right? And yeah. Right yeah. the tepid line. All right.
0: <laughs> so that's the tepid line. 971-808-1524. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Go on there. Hit the five stars. Leave us a little review. We don't have any new ones No this new week. one yet. And like David, tell somebody you love about the show. That's the business. And we're going to get you to the interview with Marcel Ardan of Lessons with Marcel YouTube channel. Right now, everybody, you made it. Congratulations. Looks like you made it. <laughs> everybody ready?
3: Yeah,
2: ready. I'm ready to hear it.
0: Without further ado, the No Simple Road crew gives you Marcel. Marcel. Mute. Yeah, you do. It's the the dilemma of Zoom every time.
4: How are y'all doing over there?
2: What's up, man? Awesome. How are you doing? We're good. You're a
4: little moody over there. Wait, let me close my window.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We're in Portland, that's why. <laughs> fun. Ooh. Oh, there yeah. we go. Oh, shit. Look oh. at that. You and Randy. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, You gotta man?
4: match that vibe. Yeah,
0: totally. right? <laughs> I'm Aaron.
4: Nice to meet you, Aaron.
0: Uh, nice to meet you, too, Marcel.
2: And I'm Mel Marcel. So nice to meet you, and I love your studio uh, backdrop, room, whatever it is.
4: Thank you so much. Yeah, this is actually it's a very tiny room that I work in, so it's like all the crap goes on this side and this is all, you know, curated <laughs> chaos.
0: Right on, man. Hey, I really really appreciate you doing this with us, dude. Um, you know, I I see how busy you are and how much you work, so I appreciate you giving us some of your time, brother.
4: Yeah, no problem, man. Um, I'm into it.
0: Yeah, I for everybody that's out there, why don't you introduce yourself to them?
4: Yeah, of course. My name's Marcel. I run the Lessons with Marcel media conglomerate. <laughs> a, a YouTube channel. Uh, we got the website where we sell tabs and we just started a podcast, but uh, mostly I teach bluegrass guitar. I do a little bit of telly stuff, a little bit of country stuff, but it's really about bringing bluegrass to to another generation.
0: It's it's really really amazing what you're doing, dude. I um I actually got on the train kind of during the pandemic um, working from home and I've been picking for a couple of years now, like I've been playing guitar my whole life, but seriously like trying to learn how to play bluegrass for a couple of years. And I found you during the pandemic and um, what really struck me about what you do immediately was the approachability of it. It was so easy to understand. You weren't like, killing it with a whole bunch of jargon. You were making it really easy for me to understand and jump into. And I just appreciate that. First of all, thank you, man, because it's learning bluegrass is a daunting task. It is. <laughs> so to have somebody, I thought that, it's
2: supposed to be fun.
0: <laughs> you're doing it too. Tell me it's not well, daunting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just appreciated uh, that, man. And I, I'm curious, Marcel, like, how did the channel start, and what made you want to do that in the first place?
4: Yeah, man, I always—I'll um, take it. I'll take it way back. Okay, yeah. cool. I—I uh, uh, I always wanted to be uh, a music teacher. I wanted to teach like oh, cool. middle school band. That was my thing, and I thought that would be just such a cool, fun job. And uh, I had a really hard time trying to get into uh, any kind of music school. I oh. couldn't get into like a university into higher education. And a lot of that had to do with uh, my hearing loss. If you guys didn't know, I wear yeah. hearing aids. I've worn them since I was yeah. a little kid.
0: No, I didn't know that.
4: Yeah. yeah, there's a there's kind of a genetic abnormality. It's called otosclerosis, and it runs in all the men in my family. And uh, so some of our like uh, inner ear bones they 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 freeze up. They sort of have abnormal uh, bone growth, and they don't vibrate as well. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, I've worn a hearing aids since I was six. It made the audition process really difficult. There were some things that they wanted me to do that uh, that I couldn't do. I still can't do, or I couldn't do at the time. And so I I didn't get in. Oh. And then I called my friends, and I was like, "All right, I got twenty bucks. Tell me everything that you learned today in school." Oh shit! And <laughs> by yeah. proxy, so yeah, exactly. I got my music education uh, secondhand from all my buddies that did make it in. And, um, yeah, dude, maybe like six months later, that same school, um, the one I was really trying to get into called me and they were like, Hey, you know, we need musicians to be in the pit for this production of rent. And, uh, we're paying you, you know, however many thousands of dollars, it was a good chunk of change. You'll be performing to 1200 people, you know, Thursday through Sunday. Um, you know, can you take it? And I realized like, Oh, all my friends are paying to go to this school and this school is paying me to show up. Heck yeah! Yeah. (laughs) So uh, that's how I made money for a long time, was in musicals. And of course, you know, alongside that I was just working on bluegrass all the time. It was the thing that I really cared about. And uh, yeah, eventually, people started asking me for lessons and guess what we put on the first poster it said lessons with Marcel <laughs> wow. and so then you know you're gonna make a website what do you call the website okay. I guess we call it lessons with Marcel yeah and someone was like oh you should make a YouTube video you know I made a YouTube video and like six months later it had a thousand views and I was you know kind of shocked that someone found something that I made so useful.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Like, well, you know, maybe I'll put some time into making more of these. And uh, yeah, eventually it just kind of
2: took off. Wow.
0: That's crazy, man. That, first of all, let's go back to the hearing loss thing. Like,
2: yeah, sure. You can't even <laughs> like, well, I guess you, what one would think like, oh, you have hearing loss. You can't do music just like the school, like kind of turn you down. Like, oh, okay, you can't do this. But then for them to come back and, pay want to pay you what was that feeling like
4: yeah that was a that was an insane feeling uh the hearing loss you know just you know for anyone who's interested i guess it's it is a low frequency loss so a lot of the things that um that i can't hear have trouble perceiving are like the the upright bass for instance Mm -hmm. and i used to gig on that quite a bit and it's not an instrument that i can that I can truly truly hear. I hear like the wow. thunk of the strings, but I don't like hear the the pitch. Okay. Uh so I'm sure my upright bass playing was always a little bit out of tune, but it was close enough for people to hire me. So
0: you when you're <laughs> when you're playing upright bass, are you playing by feeling then,
4: 100%? Yeah, yeah, That's pretty much. Wild. I mean, it's nice because it's a giant box and you're you're hugging it. It vibrates against your whole body. So if you are remarkably out of tune, you you can feel it. Um I know that sounds a little cheesy, but it's true. You can just feel that you're out of tune because the vibrations don't match.
0: The thing that gets me about that, Marcel, is like bluegrass at its core is playing with other people and, you know, (laughs) picking with each other. And so has it posed really unique challenges for you in, in picking situations, you know, when you get together with other people?
4: Yeah, it definitely has um you know like uh you know when i was a kid in school it's something that would happen a lot would uh that you know the teacher would be talking to us and then she turned to face the board mm-hmm. and she'd keep talking suddenly i can't see your mouth i can't i can't lip read and the sounds going away from me and i would just you know lose the ball right if you're you're not facing me if you're not communicating with me directly it's hard to follow and that same thing happens at jams sometimes people face away or the way the stage is set up, you can't get a clear eyeline. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of my jamming, you know, almost visually. If if I'm not getting enough feedback from the monitors or or if it's a jam and I can't hear very well in the room, you know, I'm looking at the mandolin player's hands, you know, and I'm seeing where the upbeat is. Or I'm looking at the bass player's hands and I'm seeing where the downbeat is. And if I don't have a clear eyeline, yeah, it's a mess. Wow. That's such a trip. I
2: So you've like established an entire new way of... Listening and learning music yeah. then due to your, what you've had to overcome.
4: You know, there's other people that have done similar things. And, um, you know, when I was really young, I saw a a percussionist named Evelyn Glennie. And um, I can't remember, I, I want to say she's Irish or Scottish or something, but she was doing a, a tour of the U.S. and my parents took me to see her. And, um, and I got to talk to her for a second and she dealt with a lot of the same struggles and, um, yeah, she's a professional percussionist and, uh, she can't hear very well either. And, uh, you know, lucky for her, she, a lot of times gets a conductor, right? She gets someone who's, who's dictating time in front of her. Uh, and I do the same thing, right? When I'm looking at people's hands, they're, they're dictating the time for me like a conductor would. Wow.
2: That's wow. such a trip, man. That is so. Like you, you learned this as you were younger, right? Because it was something in your family, or like, is this something that you were, you know, you realized when you were older?
4: Well, you know, my parents didn't realize right away because, uh, you know, my father was told that there's a fifty percent chance that it gets passed on, and my my older brother didn't get it, and when I was younger you know, they started notice, noticing that like they would call me from another room or something and I wouldn't respond. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was always uh, a real independent little kid. And I think that was part of it was, um, you know, I was nervous about getting into conversations because I didn't know if I could hang, right? <laughs> if yeah. I, yeah. I could like interact and hold on. So it wasn't until I was six years old until I got hearing aids. And that's the first time I heard like birds, You know, it's the first time I heard
2: a bunch of shit, dude. So what was that like? (laughs) A a little, I know we're supposed to talk
0: about bluegrass, but this is great. We're going to get there,
2: (laughs) but like a sweet, adorable little six-year-old and then you can finally hear birds. How does that impact you? And like, you're clearly love sound. So how did that kind of like, I don't know, just getting those hearing aids, how did that, you know, change your, your world?
4: That was wild. I realized, um, a lot when I was young, I realized that there were, um, you know, that I had, um, I had some like speech trouble and my mom would sit with me and like say words over and over again. So that way, you know, I would, I would have a closer pronunciation. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have, you know, any kind of lisp or anything, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, thank God that happened. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that the strongest memory I have from that time period is um, is my mom when she found out. My mom cried when she found out I had the hearing loss. Aww. And my my reaction was I was excited. I was like, oh, I'm going to be like dad. I'm going to get hearing aids. <sighs> and uh, oh, I remember cute. it being a very strange moment. Where I didn't really conceive what was going on. What
2: you know, that is so sweet. That It's no, it's so sweet. It reminds me of something that happened in our family with like in a completely opposite way, but like kids wanting to be like their parents, you know, whether they're perfect or not, like they don't understand that they're just like, I want to be like my mom, my dad, whatever. And so that to me just what a sweet thought and kudos to mom for, for sitting there and taking the time instead of like, pushing it on someone else. Cause I know a lot of parents like that's very hard and they, they get scared. You don't know what to do, you know? So you want to leave them to a professional and and not realize how important it can be for you to just sit with your baby and like kind of teach, and kind of teach, you know? And just one other thing on your voice, like your voice is so soothing and Mm -hmm. very calming. And it really is part of what helps at least me to understand what you're talking about, like the delivery Mm -hmm. and, and the, the way that it's said, not necessarily the, the jargon that's coming out, you know, have you heard that before?
4: No, I I don't get that comment very often, but I appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I would say the exact same thing. Like it's so like done with such care, you know what I mean? Like every, it seems very intentional and, and it's almost lighthearted, like it's almost a joke, but it's not. And that's the thing that like drew me in. I was like, wow, this guy's laying it down in a way that like I can just sit here and learn. I'm not like it's not a anxiety thing because I don't know if you were like this, but learning guitar was a very like anxious thing for me. Was it like that for you? Really? Yeah.
4: No, learning, learning guitar for me was... uh Um, it was like the, the anti-work, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if I had to do anything, I would just play guitar instead. And I, you know, I started, uh, by playing drums. My dad was a drummer too. Okay. And, um, so when I was young, I started playing drums. We took from this, uh, um, this jazz guy, his name was Mel Zelnick. And, uh, he played with a bunch of legends. He played with like Ray Charles, played with Patty Page, played with a bunch of famous people. And he was living in the middle of the desert. We'd go hang out with him and um yeah big 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 influence right there and uh at the time my brother had just broken up with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and he decided he was going to play the guitar
0: <laughs> uh oh and
4: so yeah so at our house there was you know now a guitar hanging around and when my brother would you know play his video games or whatever would be otherwise occupied uh-huh. i would go grab his guitar and i try to recreate things that i've seen him doing and uh of course we were Printing out guitar tabs and stuff like that, right. and uh, yeah, it became kind of an obsession. And I think, I think the turning point was when my brother went to college, and he came back for you know winter break or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think I had excelled as a guitar player, sort of past where he was. And uh, he was like, "Why don't you have the family guitar?" Oh shit! Oh,
2: yeah. That's so sweet. How how um, many years difference is it for you and your brother? Like five years. Five yeah. years. So that's a good. You're the youngest?
4: I am, yeah. Yeah. Just the two of us. Yeah. Uh, so has it always been
0: bluegrass, Marcel?
4: No, no, it, it hasn't been at all. Um, I found bluegrass maybe when I was 19 or 20. And uh, and I kind of got obsessed with it really quick. Um, I was living with a bunch of um, rockabilly kids, and okay. everyone had, you know, the pompadour and the leather jacket, mm-hmm. the jean vest, all that stuff. Right. And, uh, They were were real music snobs, which I loved them for. And there was sort of this like constant, you know, constant throwback where it was like, oh, you like, you know, Hound Dog? Well, you should go listen to, you know, Big Mama Thornton sing Hound Dog. Like, oh, you don't even know the version from 20 years earlier, right? Right. And uh, yeah, eventually one of them was like, oh, you should, you know, you should dig back into Bluegrass, you know, pushed it back that far, like go listen to Bill Monroe. And I completely legally in no illegal way at all downloaded (laughs) a giant pack of bluegrass jam tunes it was like 100 bluegrass jam standards right Uh uh-huh and uh i started listening to them and i was like oh this is interesting because this all these songs are about like wanting to go back to the farm and i grew up on a farm on a family farm oh shit! every single one of these songs isn't about isn't about how great it is here right now on the farm every one of these songs is like i wish i could go back and that, mm. that really resonated with me. I was like, oh, I want to sing these songs. So I take my playlist and I start, you know, moving over all of my, you know, favorite songs into like another folder. And, um, I remember one of them was like skags and Rice, Bury Me Beneath the Willow, oh, sure. Bluegrass Album Band, Your Love is Like a Flower, a bunch of just classic tunes. And, um, so I start looking up these bands. I'm like, tell me more about these bands. And I realized that every track that I've moved over, Almost every track that I moved over is a band with Tony Rice in it. And uh, so I'm like, all right, who's Tony Rice? And I'm like, oh, he's a guitar player. I'm a guitar player. And then I'm listening to the songs and I'm hearing the guitar solos. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how to play guitar solos. I guess if I want to sing these songs, I have to learn how to play lead guitar. And that, that's what happened when I was like 19 years old. That that was like the mental conversion.
0: That <laughs> I love that, man, because there's something... To be said for that kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for, like uh, gumption to to not because for like I said, for me, I've been playing since I was 12 I'm 51. Right. And just within the last two years, I feel like I got serious about playing my guitar. And like I said, it was always like an anxious thing for me. Like I wanted to be better. And so learning was difficult right? And, and when I would see people that could really play, it wasn't inspiring. It was discouraging. Do you you get, I was like, (laughs) fuck, I'll never be able to do that. Well, I might as well not even bother. And to have that mindset of like, oh shit, I see that. And I want to be able to do that. And I'm going to take the time and do what it takes to be able to get to that level. That, that's something like brand new for me. So to be able to have that at 19,
2: it's courageous. It's
0: courageous, yeah.
2: That's the Courier. word.
4: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bold choice. And actually when I was 19, I was like, oh, I'll just learn how to play all the bluegrass instruments. <laughs> I'm still working on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> See, man. Uh,
0: that's that's why you're successful. Like that that right there, that attitude mm-hmm. of I'm just gonna learn how to do it. It doesn't matter what it takes. I you know. And <sighs> bluegrass is such a <sighs> There's such a rich history. There's so much to it. And after one fiddle tune, you haven't even scratched the surface. Like you, there's, there's the history no. of bluegrass. There's, you know, Irish folk music. There's the whole thing. Like you can go forever. And that's another thing about your channel that I really love is that it's not just lessons with Marcel. Like you, you, just showing us how to play fiddle tunes. You actually take us through the history of bluegrass and, and why it is the way it is. What made you decide to go add that to the channel?
4: You know, actually that was, uh, I was doing a little bit of that very early on and, uh, I stopped doing it because the videos that were like, how to play Tony Rice, old train, right? right. They did better. And, um, so I, so I stopped doing it. And one day, uh, a guy named Mike, Mike lives in DC. He helps me with my website. Sometimes he does like data entry. Okay. Um, Mike was like, you should bring back the old Marcel. Mike was like, you should do more of those like video essay kind of videos that aren't you. necessarily guitar lessons, but they're that kind of thing. And so thanks Mike for that advice. Cause yeah. I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have done that if he hadn't said it.
0: That's cool, man. And I mean, Marcel's honestly, did, did you ever think that 50,000 people would be subscribing to your channel and um, you would have to turn people down for lessons and like hire other people to work with you and uh, it be where it's no. at?
4: It's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. The answer is no, I didn't think that. And you can find early videos too, where I'm really excited, where I'm like, Oh man, you know, this video got a thousand views. Thank you all so much for watching. And, uh, you know, now that's 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 not a big number anymore right but at right. the time i was just thrilled right i mm-hmm. thought it was the greatest thing that that so many people were interested so no i i didn't expect that um at all and uh it shocks me that it's still growing so well and so many people are still interested i think a fair amount of that is due to you know the rise of people like billy strings and molly tuttle but uh <laughs> you know
0: yeah th- i wanted to talk happy. to you about that too because like we're in a bluegrass renaissance kind of at the moment. We I, are, I would say um, there's hundreds of new bands coming out and the rise of Billy strings and Sierra hole and others. Um, it's, it's crazy what's going on. I, I want to get your take on that. Do you, do you think that um, let me p- phrase this the right way when we've spoken to like Billy or Billy failing the traditional bluegrass players, there seems to be, kind of two camps in the you know the traditional bluegrass and the newgrass world and there there can be beef between the two oh yeah what's your what's your take on all of that like do you where do you stand
4: yeah you know i got i got uh kind of caught in the middle of that when i made my video called why do uh why do some people hate billy strings and uh maybe that title was was a poor choice in retrospect (laughs) that got people fired up (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah, yeah, you're right, um, and I think that uh, you know who actually says it really well is the um, IBMA, the uh, International Bluegrass Music Association. They have this saying that I've heard a lot of their you know directors and employees say that uh, preserving bluegrass is one part of it, but you know you can preserve it and still let it evolve, right? They're two separate things,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and I think that's a great mindset, right? Yeah, you keep the history alive, you keep the tradition alive, you tell the stories. You do all that stuff and hell, there'll be bands out there that still play traditional bluegrass, but as well, the genre dies, excuse me, the genre, get it, (laughs) I can get it out. I can get it out. There you go. The genre dies. If you don't let it evolve, right? If you don't keep making new choices, the genre just kaput. And you see that happen Mm -hmm. with, um, genres that get really academic um when they take genres and uh and they keep labeling them and bottling up you know ideas or concepts from the genre and you put it on the shelf and you put it on the shelf and that's kind of what happened to jazz music not that people aren't innovating in the jazz world or anything but you know if you look at the history of jazz the moment where it slows down the moment we start teaching it in the schools (laughs) right yeah yeah we start bottling it up right and uh so if you if you bottle up bluegrass and you want to say this is the only real stuff it has to be exactly like it was in 1945 it's a death sentence for
0: sure and wow. and you know what to me bluegrass is an amalgam <clears throat> now it's my turn bluegrass nice is an amalgamation of so many different things that evolved into what bluegrass is to pigeonhole bluegrass and put it in a box like that is a, almost a disservice to the art form itself in my opinion I mean what do oh, I know? Yeah. But it it's a disservice to the thing because at its core, it, like you said, it's an art form, right? And any art form needs to continue to evolve. And, and to say that you're doing it wrong <laughs> just because you're not doing it. Like whoever back in the day, I don't know if I agree with that. And what you said, you know, like let's keep telling the stories. Let's keep the tradition of the thing alive. And I think, at its heart, the tradition is evolution through playing together, and what comes out when we get together and pick.
4: Yeah, one hundred percent. And you people always say this too, but it, you know it's worth repeating that. Uh, um, you know, Bill Monroe, the father of bluegrass, he, he he didn't have an end goal in mind. He tried a bunch of different stuff in his band. He tried, you know, like clawhammer banjo. He tried accordion. He tried this and that over and over again. And then eventually, you know, the thing hit, and he was like, "Oh, this is good." And that's the thing that we're trying to bottle up. Oh, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it, all the great shit is like that. Think about like the Grateful Dead started as a jug band and then they plugged their shit in and they started playing electric and they were playing blues. And then they hit on whatever they were, whatever they created became their thing. But this is what we were trying to do. Yeah. Right. 100%. Right.
4: I, yeah. Go ahead. Well, it's kind of, I was going to say, it's kind of like a, a acronym or something. It's it's like in, in hindsight, mm-hmm. you're being like, oh yeah, this is the thing we're always trying to do. When in reality, you had no idea what you were trying yeah, to do, yeah, right. right?
0: Well, I think that's, that comes down to feeling like you didn't know you were trying to do that, but when you feel that feeling there, there's nothing to me like playing a fiddle tune and having it sync up with somebody else and hearing that music between the two of you start to happen or five of you or whatever start to happen. There's nothing like that feeling. And even at 70 beats a minute with two people with guitars or whatever, it's exciting when you're learning. It's really exciting. And for me, that was like the first taste of, Oh shit. Like this doesn't have to be, um, anxiety producing yeah this can be fun oh my god and and that is part of what led me to you was like oh this can be fun it doesn't have to be all academic and it doesn't have to be um, something that's so monumental I can't ever do it this is just let's just have fun and learn how to do this thing
4: and and one of the really fun things about playing and listening to bluegrass, they're seeing people fold new influences in there. You know, there's, um, bluegrass is such a melting pot of a genre that uh, bluegrass can take it, right? Yeah. You can drop, oh, wow. you can drop like a rock and roll lick in there and you can drop a bebop lick in there and it'll still be bluegrass. You can't do that with some other genres. If you're in your metal band and you try to drop the bebop lick, it's gonna stick out. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, not, It's not gonna work. And also, uh, on the other side, just to talk about how amazing bluegrass musicians are and the, the quality of the musicianship. Because I think sometimes people forget, they think it's this country bumpkin thing, but they're really great musicians. If you took, you know, your your jazz guitarist, your metal guitarist, your rock guitarist, if you took all these different guitarists and you put them in a bluegrass jam, mm-hmm. they would struggle. But if you took a bluegrass guitarist and you put them in all the other jams, they would do pretty okay. Yeah
0: yeah it, it there is it, something to be said why for, why
2: what, do you think that is marcel like what's or how can you explain that for somebody who doesn't play you know bluegrass and is just listening to this because i'm very um green i just started playing the banjo um in october and i'm not an hour a day person at all but i have like maybe a lesson once or twice a month and pick it up and i'm fine with that i yeah. am fine with that but when you really start to deep dive into stuff you really have to change how you think about things and you have to kind of like like aaron was saying earlier educate yourself on like the beginnings of it so how do you why do you think that is that people that are trained that way can just it's so easy for them yeah
4: it's a great question i will you know because bluegrass is that melting pot when you go to learn mm-hmm. bluegrass you have to be able to play some blues and you have to be able to shred a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And bluegrass comes out, you know, only five years before rock and roll. So if you listen to some early bluegrass guitar players, like um, some of the stuff that Don Reno did on guitar, it's just like rockabilly licks, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like bluegrass guitar hadn't solidified into what it would be. So if you, you know, if you're studious and you learn all those things, Bluegrass, you know, as uh, the umbrella term, it ends up teaching you about a bunch of other little genres. Mm -hmm. And you know, similarly, jazz tunes have made it into the bluegrass lexicon, right? We play Balmont Rag, we play Sweet George Brown, we play Lady Be Good, Mm -hmm. we play a a fair amount of jazz tunes. So yeah, the the people who study bluegrass get pretty well-rounded, right? Because they have to study all this different stuff. Um, I think some of the other genres that you look at, they come from um, slightly smaller pools you know, bluegrass is an am- amalgamation of like five or six different things. Um, it's not that those other genres aren't amalgamations of things, you know, several ingredients go into rock and roll, just not quite as many. I don't think.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, I've even been practicing and I'm like, damn this, if you slow this down, this sounds like classical music. Like,
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I could see how, you know, like you said, you've, It's this they've taken pieces of all of this Mm -hmm. different stuff and put it together and without meaning to you're you're learning all of these different skills. So you take yourself and put yourself in another situation like that and you have that technique or that skill set in in your tool bag. Yeah. And that's very. um, I mean, if you're somebody that wants to be a professional musician, think about how invaluable that is to be able to go out and just sit down with anybody and be able to play. Look at, look at Billy strings when he plugs in electric. It's
4: yeah. Right. It's
0: amazing.
2: So Marcel, what's your like template or maybe even advice for somebody who's brand new starting out, kind of like yourself that, you know, like, wow, this music, I never even gave it the time of day. Now I'm listening to it. I love it. I want to play it. What's your, your first thing to be like, all right, you need to do dot, dot, dot. (laughs)
4: It's <laughs> a good question. Well, I have a YouTube channel. Ask <laughs> well,
2: yeah, you're not going to teach a lesson, but like, what, what, do you, where do you go? Like, what, like, where do you even start?
4: Yeah. yeah, well, if you're if you're getting into it, especially if you're a guitar player, let's say that, um you know, you should you should not worry about the equipment right away. I see a lot of new players that are like, oh, I got to get you know, like a Martin dreadnought guitar. I got to get you know the $50 guitar pick and the $100 capo and all that stuff don't worry about any of that um instead just start playing the tunes and if you think about bluegrass is like a living language the you know for instance a fiddle tune like red hair boy is from like the 1400s it's an old piece of music mm-hmm. right and so that means that we don't have a source recording the first time it was written down was like a hundred years later by some British guy so there there isn't like a direct source for a tune like that which means when you start learning those tunes you also have to start improvising with them immediately because Mm -hmm. if you start improvising if you start playing with the tunes you become part of the conversation because there is no source recording of red-haired boy any version of red-haired boy is valid okay
0: (laughs) wow okay and I. yeah so go ahead
4: a a lot of times a lot of times these uh these fiddle tunes work in in standard ways too so I guess in short form, my answer is learn some fiddle tunes, but um, you know, a lot of times they work out in in four phrases, right? And that fourth phrase tends to be the one that gets improvised the most. For instance, if we took a bunch of bluegrass musicians, we asked them how redhead boy goes. Maybe we'd all kind of agree more or less on the first three phrases, but phrase four, you'll get a thousand different answers if you pull a thousand bluegrass musicians, right? Yeah. Wow. So you got to play that game, right? You got to be part of the conversation. Well, and
0: I've heard it said too, like exactly what you just said, learn fiddle tunes. Like I've I've talked to a bunch of people now about it. And I would say that is the standard answer that I've I'm getting as I'm taking my poll. Like you could do all the stuff like learn your scales and and learn your G runs and and all that stuff. But you want to sit down and, and pick the fiddle tunes. And the other thing that I've heard said is try not to learn them from tab try and learn them by ear and what's what's the reason
4: yeah right so you you become part of that uh that oral tradition i can give you an example if you want to hear yeah absolutely okay so let's keep talking about red hair boy because we're we're on a red hair boy kick for whatever reason okay uh so if you're uh you know me and you we're buddies you know it's the turn of the century we're neighbors but we live a mile away from each other and we're, you know we're sitting on on your porch together and i'm like hey let me teach you red hair boy real quick right okay and uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna line it out so i would teach you those four phrases in order so the first phrase that i teach you would be phrase one phrase two phrase three is the same as phrase
3: one
4: Phrase four is the one that you get to have fun with. Uh, okay. And what happens is we can't write anything down, right? You've just learned this tune by ear. I don't see you again for another two months. And what you remember is just the direction of the phrases, where the phrases end, are they ascending, are they descending, what kind of notes are in them. Okay. So when I come back, instead of playing, you're playing this, you're playing okay instead of phrase two being you're going right you're improvising just because you don't remember so well (laughs) okay right yeah and that's 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 the like valid thing here right this is what we're talking about the tunes don't have one interpretation because the way that they're shared is just this you know oral tradition of like oh it kind of goes like this it kind of goes like that and you keep passing it down and down and down and it's this endless game of telephone so yeah when you learn the tune maybe don't learn it from tab maybe figure it out yourself and come up with some variations because then you're part of the conversation
2: that's what I was just, you said it perfect, like telephone. That's exactly what I was thinking while you were saying that. Cause the message is, you know, she goes to the store and then it was by the time you get it, she's at the store. She's been at the store, you you know, like the store is part of the story, but it may be not originally yeah. what it was. And that's really cool to be able to, um, translate very loosely Something that is so old that we will really never know if it's uh, right, yeah, r- r- right or yeah. wrong. Uh, yeah, an,
4: an arbitrary term in this context, right? Right. Yeah. It really doesn't matter if it's it right doesn't or wrong. Matter yeah. if it's, it's, right. The it's the right.
2: ultimate
0: long form game of musical telephone.
4: It is, yeah, it really wow. is. Um, and it, also, and um, let's put that into perspective: uh, red haired boy might be the oldest piece of music that you know. Wow. wow.
0: That's wow. crazy. Yeah. And okay. So if we're I t- can actually
4: think of, I can think of one older piece of music that you might know. What's that? <laughs> uh, green sleeves.
0: Oh yeah. I, yep. That was green
4: sleeves the... is slightly older than right here. Boy. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, we can just pause on that for a minute because that isn't that how everything is in life. <laughs> think about the Bible. You know that has been changed, and you know New King's James version, and this version, and this version. By the time it's gotten to 2023, how accurate do we really yeah. think these stories are?
0: Or fish covering sneaking Sally through the alley, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's it's same thing. It, it's yeah. it's our interpretation of what we've heard, taking that thing and making it our own, and that's that's the cool thing about bluegrass to me is that it there's such a in other styles of music like take pop music there's it's the the star that's the thing you know what I mean but bluegrass is such a human thing it's wood wire and people when it when you take it break it down to its base elements and and connection and that's fucking dope you know what I mean that's <laughs> that's one of the coolest things ever and I think <clears throat> this is just an opinion, but where we are at in the world in time right now, things are wild. Like the world is crazy. I was just watching the, um, your video about AI generating fiddle tunes, right? Yeah. Like the, the, that is even a conversation that we're having is (laughs) wild all by itself, but in a world where that is a thing and we're on screens all the time and television and all this stuff. We're so disconnected from each other. Anything that provides us the opportunity to connect with each other on a human level is essential. And I think that might be part of the reason that we're seeing a resurgence of this kind of music right now is because people are hungry for that touch point.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to, you know, uh, suck all the fun out of that statement. Please but- do. what's what's also kind of interesting to me about that is that bluegrass is is a a fake idealism of how it used to was right bluegrass is a norman rockwell painting of a guy in a rocking chair and there's a sleeping dog in the corner right Right. bluegrass bluegrass isn't traditional music (laughs) maybe maybe that's controversial bluegrass is a modern genre it was invented in 1945 right sure you know it's got a bunch of influence from older genres like old time things from before 1945 and american traditional fiddle tunes and everything but bluegrass itself all of the improvising and the super fast speeds and the particular lineup of the bands and all that stuff uh-huh. it's brand new right so maybe that actually makes it even more magical that people it, bill monroe was able to create something that, that feels so nostalgic, feels so important, and feels so traditional that people believe it. <laughs>
0: <Right>. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. and I mean, if you tell a
2: story crazy. long enough, you do believe it. So if you play music the same way, you believe it. You yeah. believe that that's what's being said.
4: Yeah.
0: And, and people are repeating the story now over and over again and adding their pieces to it. So it... Even if it wasn't something when it started, now it yeah. it is. It's become alive because people have touched it and started adding to it.
2: So I have
4: I have people that comment on my videos and they say, you know, when I when I mention, you know, the creation date of bluegrass is 1945, people will comment on the videos. And they'll say bluegrass is way older. Bluegrass is older than the hills. People have been playing bluegrass in Appalachia since, you know, they came over to the States. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about. It's funny to me because... Bluegrass is named after Bill Monroe and his bluegrass Mm Boys. People started calling the genre bluegrass in the mid fifties, right? It's, it's that brand new. Wow. (laughs) Right. But, but there's people in the comments that believe the myth so hard that they want to tell me that I'm wrong and bluegrass is so old and it's not. So what, what was it before that?
0: Just traditional folk music?
4: Yeah, we, we generally call it old time if you're talking about like music from Appalachia. Okay. So if you're thinking about the old fiddle tunes and like the flat footing uh-huh. and um, all, all of that stuff, it, the umbrella is kind of old time. It could be slightly different stuff. It could be like Irish traditional music or it could be maybe jug band music has a lot of improvised instruments, for instance, like spoons and washboards and stuff. That's mm-hmm. more jug band. Uh, but you you have a lot of like C genres that existed before that. But bluegrass is named after Bill Monroe's band, baby. Like uh, that's later. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I
2: want to get your idea on on one of the things that Aaron just said about like you know communication and like you know like we've got these technology and and we're starved for interaction. But you're doing something that is alleviating some of that starvation. You're you're creating a community and a place for people to come to really feel like they know you and um, teach them something, which really the only barrier is the screen. Otherwise we would be together in the room. And, and so what's your thought on whatever it is, the closeness or the distance or just the, the change of how um, humanity is, is going through right now with like the screens and the phones and all of that.
4: Yeah, it's it's wild. And it's a it's a double edged sword. Um, There's a lot of things that I don't like about it. But, you know, what it what it comes back to me, you know, for for my business uh, is that there's a lot of people that don't have access to to good bluegrass education. There's I have a bunch of students in, in Australia or like in Eastern Europe. I have a student in China. You know, I have I have students all over and I'm sure I have viewers there, too. Right. And they man, they would be so happy if they could get an in-person lesson or if they could get, you know, or they could go to a bluegrass jam in their area. But a lot of them can't. Um, and, you know, this is kind of the platform that we do that through. So in, in that sense, I think that it's a benefit because, you know, for instance, when I started learning bluegrass, I was, uh, you know, my family was living in the Northwest at the time. And, um, and I had a really hard time sort of finding the local bluegrass scene. And there weren't any guitar players that were there to kind of guide me so, you know, what did I do? I watched Banjo Ben, you know, I watched whatever was out there to try to learn something. I slowed down recordings and everything. I would have been so stoked if there was lessons with Marcel when I was learning. Um, and, and we do that, for instance, with the the bluegrass coalition is this group jam that we do where we um, we take video submissions from all over the world and then I edit them together. So it's a seamless jam. So if we were all playing one oh, after cool. another, That's
2: so dope.
4: Yeah. And it kind of gives people that experience. I know it's not the same as jamming in person, but it's, it's neat to see your break, you know, sandwiched in between two others. And you're like, Oh, I, I did the thing. I did a bluegrass jam and these people are in Germany or something. They've never done it. Right. Yeah. And that,
0: I mean, like we were saying earlier, bluegrass is about playing with other people. And that, that to me was the biggest barrier to entry was playing in front of somebody else with them and now it's your turn it's your break go for it like that's terrifying the first couple of times and I'll be honest man I I learned what I know from watching your video that was like your first bluegrass jam this is this is what you do like now I know (laughs) so that stuff is invaluable for people that don't have the resources around them you know we're in the northwest now too where where are you at Marcel?
4: Well, I'm I'm in North Carolina now, but oh, okay. uh, at, at the time I was living in Bellingham.
0: Oh, okay. Washington. We're in Portland, Oregon. Um, I yeah. I want to ask you about the podcast. Tell me about the podcast a little bit. I didn't know about this.
4: This is an insane an insane <laughs> thing. Okay, cool. Right uh, <laughs> I, I have this friend uh, named Hayes, and Hayes has been helping with a lot of videos, whether he gets mentioned in the video or not, he's just, you know, another buddy of mine. That's, that's a creator. He does YouTube and stuff. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Hayes Griffin. And, uh, yeah, we were, we were joking about doing a podcast together and, uh, we, uh, we kind of landed on the name podcast with Marcel because it keeps the branding consistent. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so what I did, uh I I pulled this big sort of prank on Hayes, which I which I do a lot. I did it in the AI video too. Mm-hmm. I'm always throwing him under the bus. But I uh I hired a voice actor and I had him read a bunch of voice lines so I could make a soundboard because the podcast is set in space.
3: What? <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. So I made a
4: soundboard with a bunch of sound effects and a bunch of like transition stingers and sort of this like toyota thon you know gruff southern voice is a character on the show but i just trigger all of his voice lines and um yeah That's
2: what rad. <laughs> and how it's
4: insane is, yeah is this and like your
2: idea or both your idea to do this kind of
4: he, he didn't know anything about it so oh we went to do the first shit. podcast and i was like all right man just like go with me and so you can watch him like Figure it out live if you listen to the first episode.
0: Oh no!
2: What?
0: <laughs> okay. So what's the what's the uh, Cod- subject matter yeah. of the of the podcast? Yeah,
4: right. So the the framing device is that there's this. Uh, you know, we're <laughs> the intro sets all of this up too, but we're we're bluegrass astronauts, and uh, and we're normally fishing for hydrocarbon in the lakes of Saturn's moon Titan, but uh, there's always time to get some picking in. So the episode starts <laughs> with us. Um, on the street, and I'm like, hey, you know, Hayes, I want to take you to this bar. Um, just don't embarrass me in front of the bartender. And the bartender, JD, is my, you know, voice actor whose lines I trigger. Okay. And uh, so, you know, we go into the bar and you get the, you know, sci fi door opening sound effect and everything. Hayes has no idea what's going on. We order our drinks, we sit down, and then it's, you know, just like this. Then we talk about bluegrass, we do our thing. We might order more drinks or do whatever, right? But it's sort of a a loose framing device. So at the beginning of every episode, we can have this like brief sci-fi experience. And then we sit down at a sci-fi bar and just talk about
2: the (laughs) grass. I love that. Super
0: creative, man. Yeah. And not that you didn't already have enough to do, right. You had to create something (laughs) else like yeah. uh, that. I know how hard it is to put out content on a regular basis. It's tough, man. And it's really tough. And especially if, I'm still working a day job, so it's double hard. Like I'm doing everything all the time and has, have you struggled with the growth of the channel over time?
4: Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a learning curve to your, to your, to your channel getting so big. Um, dude, one of the things that really helped me with my workflow, you know, if you're ever in the opportunity, Is to um, to work in like two week sprints. We're getting corporate over here now. Yeah, no. Yeah, Uh, let's let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I will. I'll teach private lessons for a week, and then uh, the next week I'll use it to make content. So I'll, Mm. you know, film a video, film a bunch of shorts, or do the podcast, or you know, make assets for whatever. And I just alternate back and forth. And for me, it keeps my my life from being less crazy and less monotonous. Right. Because really? every week I'm like in a different mode. Um, I also learned with my YouTube channel that, uh, you know, after a certain point in my growth, I don't remember the number, um, my channel performs better if I put out a video once every two weeks instead of every week. And so, yeah. What do you I think the,
0: the you don't have any well, idea why that would be? You think it's cause well, people I are post- hungry?
4: I, I don't know what it is. I post shorts uh too, right? So like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, it's like video on Monday and then, you know, shorts Wednesday, Friday, and shorts for Monday, Wednesday, Friday of the next week. Right. You know, then the new video comes out. And uh so it's almost like it's almost like you get this big experience of like, oh, a video drop, where's Marcel been? And then you get like the drip feed of the shorts. And I wonder if it just creates more excitement because the videos aren't so frequent. You know, yes. that people are like, oh, I got to watch this one, right? Marcel posted.
2: I mean, Maybe I think it. in everything, the element of surprise or waiting, especially now that we don't need to wait for shit. Like before, <laughs> you know, yeah. one season, you know, we ha- it took an entire year to get through a season of like Friends because it didn't get dropped all the time. You had to wait. And then now you can
4: i can finish that in 2 days right, yeah, right?
2: <laughs> and i think that maybe people love that idea that they can do that but think about indigestion if you get mm. to eat all of your favorite fru- foods right now when the hell are you going to have time to digest them and what quality of digestion is going to happen and that yeah. happens with information too like mm. so i've got all i i deal with this with learning trying to learn the banjo what the fuck else do I learn? There's so many things everything's a beginning thing. So now, okay, I'm trying to focus on, you know, learning chords. Now this is the beginner for learning, you know, rolls. fiddle tunes and rolls Like, It becomes so much to it's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming. And I completely get indigestion from learning um, a new skill or even something that I can be interested in. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know that there's that that's a thing like you can kind of devour so much. And then are you really using what you've devoured then? And so I, I feel mm. as if like something what you're doing, you're keeping yeah. yourself relevant through these shorts, but you're not giving away everything at once. You're, you're like that once a week show that you still do have to wait for, but you got those cute little things in between. And what an yeah, ingenious right. way to um, to give your audience something that maybe they didn't even know that they needed mm. a little let's, reprise.
4: Let's let's roll back to your your comment about learning. Because uh, you know, I'm a teacher. That interests me. Uh, did have you ever heard about how how kids learn and how adults learn? Do you know what the difference is there?
2: No. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So kids kids are really interested in learning a task and then honing it. So, for instance, if I gave a kid a book full of guitar licks, they will learn the first lick and then just play it over and over and over again. <laughs> they get really good at that first lick. If I give that lick to an adult, they'll read all of the licks and then they'll get stressed about how they're going to memorize all of them.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
4: Right. That was this That's that's kind of, yeah, right. That's kind of what you're describing. You, you get sucked down this rabbit hole and you're like, let me watch all the YouTube videos about banjo. And then you don't actually learn that much. In fact, the kid who just practices one thing over and over again might get better faster. Yeah. Uh, Right. uh, Just because they're focused.
0: I have a. Well, and you Ob- don't feel like that. I have an object lesson for that. Okay. Uh, so, I was exactly that guy that you just said. Like I'm, I, I'm that I person. Get stressed that about said. all that. Yeah. Mel got me um, lessons with Brian, Brian Sutton. Sutton. Oh yeah. And uh, like the, f- I've been playing a while, so I understand the guitar. And like the first thing he had to do was just do an eighth notes on the G- on the G string, right, in time with the metronome. And I'm like, come on, like.
4: I could do that. Yeah. Listen, up. I'm a genius, Brian.
0: Yeah. Let me move on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. I've done this, this shit. This is for everybody else. Who's a beginner. Right.
0: And so yeah. I, I start to, I, I go to do it and I'm like, Holy shit. This is the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. Like I spent two weeks learning how to play this yeah. thing. Right. And you know, I do the, do the video submission back to him and I get, get the comments back and like, I'm doing everything wrong from the beginning. So I'm like have to start over. And so just taking that one thing and learning how to do it right helped me so much instead of trying to just barrel through all the lessons, you know, just taking that one. So that's a perfect example of that. Just like, you know what you got? There's videos on roles. Take one video and get really good at that forward role that they're teaching you. You know what I mean? And then move on to the next thing.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really like, you, you can put yourself in that mindset again, right? You can remember what it's like to be a little kid and you're just like, all right, I'm going to do somersaults in the front yard for the next five hours. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I, you, <laughs> you, know? you don't have all these uh, superfluous extra thoughts in your mind as a kid. You've got like, I don't know how to do this. I want to learn it. And then you do it right. as an adult. Yeah. You're like, I kind of know how to do it. Like it's fine. I saw when- him do it. <laughs> Yeah. Like <laughs> when really am I going to need to do a somersault again? So I'll just tr- practice it a couple times and I'm moving on to, you know, like whatever else. And, totally. And totally. definitely like wow. teaching. I think that for me, I've had to unlearn more than I have learned that's that's what I've learned I didn't grow up with music I didn't grow up around people playing music so it was completely um, foreign to me and then as you get older and your adult mind gets older you start at, I'll speak for myself but I'm sure other adults out there can um, you yeah, know really. relate to this but like you get disappointed if you don't know what you're doing almost immediately And so then it discourages you from going further.
4: I got, I got something for that. So uh, think, think, think about being a little kid. You wake up in the morning, you can't tie your own shoes. You go to like eat cereal. You can't pour your own milk. You like, can't put your own jacket on. Can't even close the car door. (laughs) You go to school you fail over and over <laughs> again. You go home like you're just you're just bad at everything all day. And you're totally content with that. right?
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. You don't even know the difference. You're not. You're guess not. What? Uh,
4: you're, you're you're like an adult and you get good at stuff and you just expect to be good at stuff all the time. You're like, well, I killed it when I tied my shoes this morning. I'll pour the milk <laughs> in the cereal. Right. Like you just have success after success. Right. So when you sit down and you try to practice your instrument, you're not. You know, doing as well as you think you are—that's what's going on, right? Yes. You're, you're not used to failing all the time. That's why kids learn so fast, man. Well,
2: because failing is not um, a big deal, or it's not even part of anything. No, they're just—it's it's, a part of the process you didn't that know they're how doing. To do it,
0: and now, you, yeah, and it doesn't matter. And and I think too that going back to what you said, it's l- the difference between learning for fun and learning because you have to. Yeah. There, those are two very. Yeah. different mindsets absolutely to be in. and the learning for fun part all of it's fun not knowing how to do it is fun like yeah when i dude when i learned my first g-run like super slow i was so stoked you know what i mean like <laughs> i didn't care yeah. holy shit i just did that so like learning for fun is i guess you have to cultivate that mindset. Well,
2: it's an it's an undoing of your adult brain to some degree. It really is. Like mm. I got the banjo because I got completely inspired at Northwest String Summit by meeting Tom Neckville who created Neckville Banjos and yeah. we had this incredible conversation and it just opened up my ears and my musical heart for the rest of the entire time that we were at Northwest String Summit. So I didn't, I'm not like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be part of, you know, like some band and be like, I don't give a shit. If I ever perform with anybody, I want to learn how to play that instrument period. (laughs) And, and it's not even about bluegrass or not bluegrass. I don't care about learning certain styles. I want to learn how to play that instrument. And so I have a different um, mind, like thought process behind my learning and, I'm also, because of, I'm not trying to accomplish something specific, I don't have a time frame, but I still uh-huh. have all of these hang-ups as an adult with learning. So even though I don't have like, oh, I'm not trying to learn this by the end of the year or this, you know, I'm still dealing with unlearning my adult habits of that failure is somehow a negative thing instead of, a stepping stone to where I eventually want to be. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still, I'm still in my my head about that. But I, I mean, every day, like even like uh, this conversation and, and talking with my teacher and learning my first song, not with a role, but picking it like one string at a time, like a little kid, like it yeah. was the best thing ever. And like playing and singing together, that was a whole thing. Like, so I'm learning. At, I'm, I feel as if I'm like, really learning instead of just trying to pick it up. Dude. Yeah, that's great.
0: Huge difference. That's it.
2: Yeah. Marcel,
0: it was the funniest shit ever, man. Like we're at Northwest string summit and we're doing interviews with people and Tom Neckville and the Oregon bluegrass association are there and he's got this $5,000, like, Amazing. Well, probably more than five grand. This was like Like the
2: tricked out. Saturn inlay. It was like the galaxy series.
0: This thing is fucking amazing. And I see her like she puts the banjo on and I see her fall in love. And I'm like, oh no.
2: Well, Marcel, you have have to see, you have to understand like Thomas Neckville came over. We, first of all, we didn't know who he was. We had no idea who he was. And he was like, Hey, what are you guys doing here? And we were like, Oh yeah, we're a podcast. We're doing this, that, and the other. He's like, can I be on it? And we're like, (laughs) what do you mean? Like, well, no, we like, we already knew that we had people that we had to do. So we're like, who is this guy? Like What? what? So then he's, then he starts to tell us who he is and we're like, Oh hell yeah. Come back. Well, he comes back and his back is kind of toward us at first.
0: She remembers the moment. I do
2: remember it because when he turned around with this hot Ah. chick, like that's what it felt like. Like the, the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And he made it. He made it up. He like that is his hands created that. And I could not like, I couldn't think about anything else. She's
0: like, babe. I want to learn how to play the banjo I, and I want a neck. I fill. just, and I'm like, I was like, that's like, you don't know how to drive and you want a Ferrari. Well,
2: It's like total 16 year old <laughs> moment. Like I want a Ferrari and I don't even have my permit, you know, like yeah. it's totally like that. But like after that, like I said, I heard, I heard the banjo and everything after that. Like I, I, I was like awakening to um, some type of sound that I think that I've always loved because I, my mom used to listen to country music when I was younger a lot, and I was exposed to a lot of different kinds of music. But I, I my ear wasn't sharp. I didn't understand what I liked, you know. And that conversation with um, Tom at at Summit opened up my ears to hear things that I, in a different way that I, I never could have put my finger on before. And so also everybody's playing with everybody. You've got all these bands intermingling. You've got, you know, people that are not um, quote unquote musicians or that are getting paid for, but that are just picking up instruments and playing. And I was like, I love, I would love to talk like that. Like I would love to understand that kind of a language and talk like that. And so that's really where it got me, especially doing this, like talking to you, talking to other musicians that are touring, um, there's something left out because I'm not a musician and it's, I'm not saying that it's bad or good. I'm just saying I can't speak to something if I don't understand something. Right. And as the show got further along, like six years old now, um, Uh I wanted to be able to speak more intelligently and more holistically instead of just from a fan's perspective, which that's great too, but I wanted to understand more. And so it felt like the next progression of not only my adult learning, but like for the show and what we were doing for the scene, because really I feel like what we're doing for the scene is highlighting amazing people Mm -hmm. that are doing some creative, crafty, top of the line things. And that's what I feel yeah. like what we're doing is when we're interviewing yourself or Tom Neckville or whoever else, Billy strings for that matter. Like, yes, we all know that these people are talented, but why, and who are they right. and what little things can they teach us? And then they're like trapped in time so that you can go back and listen. And so it was a progression, you know, like I needed to feel like I was doing more as a host and, as a fan and as a musician, you know, and, and this is why it's like, I, I feel like I'm fine with the notion of being a lifelong musician and a lifelong beginner. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that. But I, am like I said, I'm still wanting to kind of cut through some of that red tape that I've inadvertently put up as an adult in in learning.
4: <laughs> you know, <laughs> listen, listening to you talk, it makes me it makes me think about uh, just how different all the experiences that we've talked about here are, because it seems like your, your interest in music is really, you know, sort of like community oriented. You're like, man, I had this great experience and all the people are so wonderful and I want to have these conversations and like, I want to be part of that. Right. Whereas um, you, you were talking and you were like, man, I just wish I was better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, man, I just want to be good. Yeah. And uh, I feel like I'm very motivated just by uh, feeling like an underdog. Right. You know, like I didn't go to school or, Or I'm not from the south, or you know, whatever, whatever it happens to be. I'm like, man, if I do win, like it's that much more of a win because I'm the underdog. That's what I really like, you know. Well, you're killing it. Well, look at
2: and look at that's (laughs) rad that you mentioned that Marcel because look at we're all the the common thing here is learning, and everybody has such a different reason and a different way of of that coming. So that's why you are so interesting to us personally because you cover a lot of different learning styles and reasons for people that want to learn. Yep. And like I said in the beginning, like even your voice is part of the learning, um, learning, learning Style. tool that yeah. you have. Like that is a part of it as well as your knowledge, of course. And,
0: and it goes back to what you said to Marcel of like kids. And I think, Kids all have a different reason for wanting to learn too, and this is our just adult version of being kids. Like, <laughs> I want to be good at that thing, and she's like, I want to play with them too, and you're like, I can beat those guys, you know? Like, it's-
4: <laughs> yes. so I bet that's how we all would have been as children. Right, right? Right? absolutely, yep, exactly like
0: that. Marcel, um, yeah,
4: tell rad. tell
0: everybody where they can get a hold of you and in touch, and you know, find you.
4: Yeah, the best place to uh, find all of my things is on YouTube, Lessons with Marcel. You can also check out my website, LessonsWithMarcel.com. The big thing that we're excited about right now is our workshop series. Oh, cool! We're doing a workshop every month and there's only 25 seats. Um, And we're keeping the prices real low. It's only $40 $40 to attend. And they've been selling out like crazy. So if you want like Sort of group instruction, no matter where you live on a bluegrass topic, you can find it every month at lessonswithmarsal.com.
2: So, can I ask how you do that with 40 people or 25 people? I'm sorry. You said 40 bucks, 25 people. Like, how do yeah. you do that? Like physically?
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, we do it through Zoom okay. and uh, people can raise their hands and ask questions. It's very social. I mean, you can get 100 people on a Zoom call. We're not going to have a 100 person workshop like that wouldn't be yeah. any fun. Right. We found that like 25 is probably max. So right
0: is every workshop a different topic or is it open?
4: It is. Okay. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, my, my teachers that work for me, you know, when, when we talk about what the next workshop topic will be or who will teach it, I'm really just looking for things that the teachers are excited about. Mm. Um, oh, shit. So that means that, uh, yeah, the lesson that you do get, whatever the topic is, It's something that the, you know, our teachers have maybe just discovered or have finally decided they can really teach, you know, like whatever it is, they're really jazzed about and it's made all the workshops really fun. Well,
2: that's awesome because when you're teaching from a place of passion, you're going to pass that passion on. To the student, and they're already wanting to be there. They pay their forty bucks. They're already excited. So to yeah. be able to pass that on, right on, Marcel. What what you're doing some really awesome stuff in life, and just congratulations yeah, on I, overcoming so any small adversities and and really like becoming of the giant in this situation. Yeah,
0: man. And I I want to say again. You had no idea you were doing it, but, you know, it was a lonely slog through quarantine here working from home, man. And you kept me company a lot of days. And I really, really fucking appreciate it, brother. It's it meant a lot. And uh, I've learned a lot from you. So I just appreciate it, man. And I appreciate you spending time with us today. And also, I want to say, too, if you want to if you ever need us to promote anything for you or you want us to shout anything out on the show, we're here for you, man. Just like send me an email, say the word and I'll, I'll let our listeners know.
4: I love it. Thank yeah. you, man. Yeah.
0: All right. Thanks for spending Thanks, time Marcel. with us today, Marcel.
4: Yeah, no problem. No problem. We'll see you around soon. All right, Absolutely. brother. Take care, man.
2: Wow.
0: That's, that's good people. The right there.
2: sweetest smile in the universe. <laughs> that's literally, that's
0: the thing that, that drew me in on YouTube was how happy he is. Like, it felt like you're hanging out with your friend and you're kind of joking around and, and now it's time to like, hey man, I, I learned this thing. Let me show it to you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Not like, I know what you okay, mean. Okay, now we're sitting down to learn bluegrass guitar.
2: I think going back to the kid thing, if when you're little and you're allowed to play with your friends and like somebody goes over to somebody's house and they're like, first... I don't think little kids plan like, okay, at, at seven o'clock, we're going to do this. And then at nine No, mom and dad are planning no, the time. exactly. But when kids really do get to like play by themselves, there generally is like a leader of like, okay, let's do this. We're going to pull oh, out yeah. all my Barbies and we're going to do this. Right. And like keeping that youthful, th- when you're the kid that didn't come up with the plan, you're not mad that you didn't come up with a plan. You're like, okay, let's no let, We're going to play space. I want man. the one cool. with the brown hair and you want the one with the cape or whatever. And like, I guess my message and my thought is, is keep it kiddish. Keep it youthful. Keep, keep that youthful spirit at least. I mean, and and maybe I'm just saying this to myself too, because the more fun I think something is, the more time I want to spend with it. Yeah. And the less, the more pressure I put on myself on things, the more I want to push it away and wait to do it or, that, or put yeah, it for later. that's the difference between
0: being a kid and adulting.
2: Yeah, but when you're a kid, you do what's in front of you. And when you're an adult, you can ch- choose what's in front of you. Yeah, that's true. You can That's choose true. it, and you know, like I have a lot of things. Like I'm like, I'm going to go collage right now instead of go play with my banjo or I want to pull out my banjo lately or I want to play my flute today. Like we like kind of like with ourselves. I, there's so many different pages open in life that you can, you know, now I'm doing this. Now I'm going to write this email and in order for someone to get, good at something you need to shut your pages down you need to close your pages down and focus on one page
0: wow yeah it's hard though as an adult because totally hard here's the thing life is happening in the midst of all of those pages being open yep and that's why they're open (laughs) and how fucking important is it to you to do or learn or play with that thing right
2: yeah well i mean it's very important sometimes but sometimes things that are important still get overlooked well and it's it's
0: um, ascribing importance to something. So.
2: Well, that's when I you can, get adulting and you, you, you schedule. Right. Or you but like,
0: I, I could fill my day with a million different things. I have to like say no to stuff because something else is important.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean yeah, by that? Like
0: absolutely. I, I could easily go through the day and not pick up my guitar. Mm-hmm. And, but there's a certain feeling that gives me to be able to say no to that feeling. Yeah. And and it's like saying no to some, to taking your vitamins for me now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know this thing makes me feel better. It makes me feel good. Even, even if I'm not great at it, it's still making me feel good.
2: I mean, I think that there's a part of something that maybe we didn't talk about with Marcel, but that's the way knowing how to play an instrument makes you feel and when you garner new um abilities Ugh. on your on your instrument there's some level of confidence um exhilaration and excitement that it gives you and there there is no- nothing like that because that is for when you learn an instrument um when yeah. you learn say like a recipe and it comes out bomb that is also a different type of like
0: I was telling Cody this the other day like with the guitar I've noticed and he said the same thing like I go through these peaks and valleys with it where I'll learn something new and I'm super excited about it and I'm like Marcel said like getting good at that one thing for a little while and like it's added into the repertoire and then you're in this valley for a while of where i'm just doing the same thing over and over again let me play the same four fucking songs that i know like uh and then you learn something new and all of a sudden it's brand new again and you're off to the races with loving
2: it and And if you're constantly no matter what giving yourself those oh man it's boring oh man this is amazing oh man it's boring like i i would imagine eventually each of those gets a little bit those voices gets a little bit Less loud, and then something else happens. There's another current. We'll that find out.
0: <laughs> we're not there yet. We'll find I'm out. I'm not
2: there. I'm just. I'm assuming this. Yeah. is You know, nothing, you and
0: I are on this journey together.
2: I mean, kind of. Kind a little of nothing. Bit. Not a little bit. We are. <laughs> well, you're definitely further along on it, but yeah, like we are on this journey together, and it's scary for me. Why? <laughs> just because of what we were talking about, like scary. Yeah, learning can be scary.
0: Okay, I don't think I've ever thought of playing guitar as scary. I've thought of it as frustrating or daunting or fun or the coolest thing ever. I guess
2: I, it's like um the the vulnerability that a musician must show another musician in order to share <laughs> where they're your at pants with each other. Share where you're at. Yeah, maybe that's that'll be our new thing. Play naked together. <laughs> okay. I'm down. <laughs>
0: oh shit
2: well yeah because you have to allow the other person in the room to hear your vulnerability vulnerability your mistakes and and that's like the truth of where who you are like once you take your clothes off everybody sees what you got what you're working with same thing with music once you show somebody and i'm talking to beginners right now i'm not talking to wait wait, wait, wait. if you have to add the
0: flip side of that in if you're going to say that, you have to add the opposite. So, yeah, you have to be vulnerable and show your mistakes and your vulnerability in front of each other. But you're also showing what a badass you are and yeah. the, the dope shit that you've learned and yes, how good you are. And that's like, true. All that, too. So it's both at the same time. It's it's
2: complete. Well, vulnerability is a very complex <laughs> yeah. uh, subject. Like you being vulnerable, like uh, just playing an instrument is different than showing somebody your new song.
0: Okay. What do you mean? I don't know. Meaning
2: like if I'm just like showing you, Hey, look what I can do on the banjo. But if I say, Hey, look at my new song that I wrote, you know what I mean? Those are, so it can become very complex. Well, and I just always had a problem sharing that. That's, that's really what it comes down to. I've always had a problem sharing my, um, emotional side.
0: Your talents.
2: My talents. Well,
0: cause you were told that you weren't allowed to when you were little.
2: Yeah. I was told that I didn't have any.
0: And and that you, you weren't the one to do that. Yeah. Which. Man. So, so
2: it's, it, again, it's no simple road. It's, <laughs> we're the ones talking about it. This is my, like, it's, your trip. it's my, yeah, it's my, my cross to bear my, my burden of learning and, and sharing and showing my progress. I, I always thought like when I got my band, I was like, Ooh, I'll, I'll like start doing videos. Yeah. Fucking right. I mean, I did do a couple, Yeah, but like it, then the anxiety started to come in of like. Just it did. It I just started it started to roll. Totally get it. It started to I roll for totally me to put out yeah, videos yeah. forever. I'm, <laughs> Shout out, Corey. I'm still uh-uh. not doing it, but me I'm either. listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, but I'm not doing it. Uh-uh. Um yeah, like I you know, as an adult to share your um uh what's the word? Like the ways that you were broken as a child. It and I'm not through it yet. So then it feels He's showing
0: it in real time. Yeah, I'm
2: exactly. I'm Look showing my it. wound. Exactly. <laughs> this is not like something that's happened before years ago and I'm over it. And now I've overcome it. No, I'm in the middle of exploring this side with, of myself and dealing with why I'm even stuck in
0: places. Hey, you does know? everybody want to watch me stitch up this cut?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and because we talk about ourselves so much on the show, it's like, they don't need to fucking see everything. they don't need to see me on my, with my short skirt on too. That's what it feels like. Right. I that, get it. You know, I totally get it. Yeah. like yeah. I got to keep some, um, pain for myself <laughs> or some <laughs> trauma. Yeah.
0: Wow. That was really, really fun. Yeah. And it was great. I encourage all of you. I, it doesn't even matter if you play an instrument or c- could care less about learning. Just go over and watch some of his videos, man. Like, Yeah,
2: like let him lull you to a beautiful place in your day because, like I said, his voice really has some kind of tranquil, calming undertone to it that just really draws you in.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, com and the Lessons with Marcel on YouTube. And, yeah, go over. It. It's a whole universe. You can sign up for lessons and all the stuff that he was telling and you about. And his
2: podcast.
0: And the podcast, yeah podcast with marcel i can't i can't (laughs) wait to listen to it um you know what we haven't even talked about the elephant in the room which is apple's not here
2: that's right, everybody Apple is not downstairs he's upstairs in his room recovering from his surgery and he's doing great he's doing great and he's in pain as you would expect but he is also doing great he's his spirits are up he's moving around he's doing what needs to be done and now it's just um, the literal time that it takes to heal to get kind of like the time it takes to learn
0: yep so well, hopefully the uh, thankfully this is a much shorter process than yeah. mastering the guitar. Well, and also
2: just a thank you to everybody who did send something and just maybe like you didn't send it physically, like with words, but maybe you sent it telepathically. Thank you for sending Apple and, and the no simple road family love because you know, when one of us is down, it sucks. And although Aaron and I had a great interview with Marcel, there's always something that Apple brings to our conversations as well. And so, um, thanks for just being here with us and for supporting no simple road and any formation that we are on.
0: Yeah. And send an apple love, man. Yeah. We appreciate it. And, uh, we will be back. Uh, what day is this? This is, this Friday, is Friday, Friday. So we'll be back so on, we'll be back on, on Monday. Monday with another episode of the no simple road weekly rewind done in collaboration with the edible beats out of Denver, Colorado. And, uh, yeah, you know, all this stuff, go to no road.com, get yourself some merch, sign up for a tarot reading, come hang out with us. We're here all the time. You know, we don't leave. We're, we're always,
2: well, because we live at home and our studio is at home. So
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we <laughs> we'll actually, always
2: have a reason to do no simple road. <laughs> yeah. If, if
0: no simple road was a house, we're always in it.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for joining us in our house today.
0: Yeah. We love you guys. We'll see you next week until then. Smile at a stranger, safety third, hydrate, wash your hands.
2: And, and- pick up that instrument that you've had in the corner, dusted, all waiting for you to, with it.
0: Whatever your reason is. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Reason doesn't matter. Just do the thing. We love you guys. See you next week. Peace.
2: The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of
3: the current road.
0: Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce.